people think animation, they think cartoons or something that's funny, but you'd be surprised how it, it can convey any emotion you like. It can be funny, it can be sad, it can be instructional, it's great for education. You're listening to the Content 10X podcast, where it's all about content repurposing. I'm Amy Woods, and I'm here to help you maximize your content and find smart ways to get your message in front of more of the right people, whilst also saving time. Let's get started. and welcome back to another episode of the Content 10X podcast. I'm your host, Amy Woods, founder of Content 10X, and this week's episode is all about animations. I have a wonderful guest joining me. Now, Christine Mackay is the founder of Salamandra UK, which is a multi-award winning animation studio that specializes in animation for B2B businesses. She has worked both client and agency side on three continents, and her team works works as visual problem solvers across 18 different industries, from children's book illustrations and corporate explainers to training videos or immersive, augmented and virtual presentations. They produce unique and powerful multifaceted visual assets and create content that resonates with their clients' targets' audiences memorably. In this episode, we talk about the kind of animations that B2B businesses create, of course, how you can repurpose them, why it's important to plan repurposing in advance, and we talk about how wonderfully creative and versatile adding animations can be to your overall content strategy. Let's jump into the conversation. Christine, welcome to the Content 10X podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Amy. It's great to have you here. And I, I just have to say um, that for anyone watching the video version of this, you have without doubt the best Zoom background that I've ever seen for the, for the podcast recording that we've done. It's awesome. Thank you. Sal, our little uh, lizard mascot, is a firm favourite, that's for sure. Absolutely. People are surprised when he starts moving and uh, then breaks into a dance. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely awesome. Just to kick things off, could you just explain, I guess, a little bit more about Salamandra, what you guys do, and 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 your role as well within the within the agency? Yeah, sure. Salamandra UK, we call ourselves visual problem solvers. So we focus on B2B animation. So unlike this sort of the Peppa Pigs or the Disney's or the Pixar's uh, who do like big movies or series, we do animation that works for business to help convey complex messages. And that can be all sorts of different types of animation. It can be 2D, it can be 3D. We work in AR and VR, uh, stop motion graphics, and we even mix it up with live film footage. So for example, in business, you could have talking heads, which is quite common, but we, we take it a step further and uh, we could green screen the, the people doing the talking heads and you could have a, a live volcano going on behind if you wanted to. We can add motion graphics next to the person to animate what, you know, the words or the sense of what they're saying, just to add some uh, excitement and help to understand and convey those complex messages. And it's animation is used in so many different ways for business, whether it's a corporate explainer or a TV ad or online advertising for your email signature, your presentations, your website, uh, so many different applications. And I just felt that it was an incredible way to convey 
uh, those complex messages in a way that can be really work for your target audience. Because we can do realistic, we can do CGI, we can do painterly storytelling kind of stuff or quite scientific, quite, we work in about 18 different industries, including things like pharmaceutical and engineering and IT and some of the stuff, even for example, finance, which is where they talk about really complex products. But when you visualize those, whether using abstract or storytelling or character um, animation, it just helps to really cement what it is that you're trying to convey. So I started Salamandra nearly eight years ago now, it'll be eight years in June, to help business get those messages across and make them memorable and make them shareable, etc. And at that time, it was still kind of not unknown, but not that common. Now it's a lot more common, I think. And more and more applications are being found, whether it's gamifying your message or using AR, VR, and with those, they are, for example, you can do off print or off uh, screen. So again, there's lots of different platforms. I always said that we could animate anything, even animating something onto a rocket. And in fact, we've got a client in Scotland who, who deals a satellite. We, our dream came true in that sense. But so it's really versatile. And I started it because I wanted to help business to be more exciting about how they express themselves and make it simpler. The other thing which I really love about animation, actually, is that it can be genderless and culturalless, and you can cover taboo subjects or sensitive subjects or obviously complex subjects. But And all of those lend themselves to animation. People often think animation, they think cartoons or something that's funny. But you'd be surprised how it, it can convey any emotion you like, from pathos to something very, can be funny, it can be sad, it can be instructional, it's great for education, it's great for, for example, we found that we've got clients in sort of HR or for induction or for um, children or adult education, it's just so much better than reading. We take in, what is it, 10% of what we read and 90% of what we watch. So it's been a <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And just so engaging, so many different dimensions to it. It's really interesting because as you were explaining, you know, the different types of animations you create and the businesses you work with, I was thinking to myself how in the line of work that, that I work in content marketing, we're often creating mm. content for businesses for marketing purposes to um, put the word out to the world about what they do. And mm. I was thinking how I'm sure that you must create lots of uh, content for internal purposes like you said as well like training and internal communications and things like that as well as the external uh, content that goes out from them to the rest of the world because it's it's highly useful as instructional informative content as well as from a, a marketing perspective isn't it it's very versatile Definitely. And to your point about repurposing, for example, if you take corporate explainer, say it's 60 seconds or 90 seconds, and that's the umbrella thing about the business, about the services, it gives you the whole sort of encapsulates what it is that you do. So with that 60 second animation, and it is, it's a lot of work. It's not, it takes four to six weeks. It takes a group of people to do it. It's quite labor intensive, but it's very bespoke. We do all sorts of stuff. We research your industry, your competitors, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of thinking behind that. But with that, you could repurpose it for, as I say, for your website, for your present your sales presentation for your induction we can for example say you've got i don't know five different uh, services we can take um those elements out uh and either a static that you can then repurpose for your your um, marketing collateral or as little gifts short little animations that can be used for social media for example that can be used in a electronic white paper or we're always very keen to encourage our clients to repurpose whatever we create and to really sweat the asset and and get as much return investment as you can there's lots of different ways of doing it and it's nice when you can be uniform about that message or the look and feel of that message and use that throughout your marketing we use for example we create it's become really popular actually to to create uh, and that can be of the people that 
we've got on our website, we've got our team as avatars. In fact, there's one clip where we're all dancing, which is quite fun. But those avatars can be used, again, in lots of different ways. We created an avatar for somebody in the furniture, bespoke furniture industry, where it's the avatar of the owner. And he's actually on the website pointing and commenting on wherever you go on the website. A little bit like, well, a much nicer version of, do you remember the Microsoft uh, paperclip? ways to give you instructions. That sort of idea, but it's an avatar of him. You, know, you can personalize your brand a little bit like Sal, our lizard. So it's on multi-level. It's not just what the sort of tone of voice as well can come across with uh, whatever you create. But absolutely, I think repurposing is key. Every marketing budget is finite at the end of the day. And we get more and more pressure to have that return on investments. You know, to your point, the more we can repurpose, the better, really. Yeah. Do you think, is it quite often when businesses perhaps have a topic that they are worried is a little bit dry, like a white paper or some research or things like that as well. And they're wondering how they can bring some kind of pizzazz to the message and some creativity and a bit of fun. And their great solution is to potentially get some of the key points or messages or help land a certain research finding through animation. Is that the kind of work that you can do when you're trying to repurpose research and uh, yes. white papers and things like yes, that. Yes, absolutely. We, we've done that, particularly in the, the pharmaceutical industry, we've done a very complex findings as, and research and illustrated that. And that's obviously where we lean on the client quite a bit to, ex, to explain to us what it is that we're you know discussing uh, and what the product is or what the finding is or what the piece of science is. Because to do any kind of narrative, we've got to understand it. So once we've got it in our heads, okay, that's what it does, I've got it, then you can start visualizing it and creating something that can illustrate that. And then once you've, the before and after is extraordinary. When you read a piece of very complex science and then you see the visual side of that, it's even for a non-scientific person, it's just so much clearer. Not always 100% because sometimes there's so much formulas and, and stuff like that, which goes right over my head. But, uh, <laughs> But yeah, it really, it's lovely to see that coming to life, actually. And the great thing is, as well, is because we are so careful about how we take a client through a project like that, they often come back and say, God, how did you know what was in my head? You, you hit it on the nail kind of thing. But we do have quite a process. I actually wrote um, a book called Destination Animation. And it's uh, really, the subtitle is How Smart Marketeers Convey complex messages memorably. And the reason I wrote the book, I actually wrote it over COVID lockdown, was because so many people ask us, how do you do it? And what's the process? And how do I know what I want? And how do I brief? And how do I pick the right agency, et cetera? So the book really takes you through, hence the name Destination Animation, the whole journey, if you like. And we do it a bit like an underground map uh, and, and show how at every point the client signs it off. And I think it's quite important to have that comfort because a lot of marketeers haven't worked in this field and don't really understand where it starts and ends and what their responsibilities are, et cetera, and what's the agency's responsibility and how to brief and then to manage the whole project. So we've hopefully made it quite easy to follow and, and it's available on Amazon or Kindle if you want. But it's also been said that uh, it's it's a good book if you're you know studying um, animation if or you're a lecturer in it because it the animation that we do for business is quite different and on different platforms to the animation that's done through major movies. And it's a completely different approach. Whereas we do short, sharp projects that are beginning quite cohesively and quite fast in, in sort of big movie industry. You, you might be, as an animator, you might be working on two or three minutes of um, something like The Incredibles over two years. <laughs> so it's uh, really quite different. 
And it's a different set of skills, I think, different platforms that you need. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. When you're working on creating an animation and then looking at how you can help clients make the most of of the investment in that animation and having that asset that they can now use. And of course, there'll be their own like platform, like putting it on their website and things like that. But I'm sure you're also looking at ways that you can, you know, repurpose the animation itself to be suitable for social media platforms and places like that. So is there a a process that you go through to try and make sure that it can be used multi-platform and have more uses than perhaps like the key use that the client might come to you and talk about probably their website? That's a conversation we have at the start and depending on what the clients are, because obviously for social media, it's a different shape. So it's normally in, in a square shape. So that's, that would be a sort of adaptation, if you like, but it's not too hard to do. And if, for example, they want certain assets taken out, flat assets that can be purposed, repurposed for collateral, then again, if we know up front, it's much easier to design around that. Uh, if they don't know up front and they decide later, we can always work around that or, or redraw it or what have you. But uh, yeah, absolutely. It's For different platforms, obviously, you need different resolutions. For example, if you're doing a TV advert, and we work, uh, we partner up with Sky AdSmart, which is amazing. They do very geographically bespoke and demographically bespoke campaigns. But again, for TV, it's again a different resolution, a different, you have to save it in different ways and have to do certain things to, to the piece to make it able to go onto TV. And the same, for example, we've done animations for our local cinema in Windsor, and it's an animation that starts before every movie is shown. And again, that's a widescreen animation, so we had to design it to that and to the right sort of pixel size. And we've also done some really big conference animations on multi-screens. The biggest one we did was in Monaco. It was 18 screens, including the ceiling, the stage, walls, down the floors, etc. And they all had to enter talk to each other, if you like, so that the animation had to flow from one screen to the other. And of course, because there were certain shapes, we had to make sure that, and sizes, some of them were really quite large, that then it's created to that spec, because otherwise it will be horrible and very pixelated and and won't fit the actual, because some of them are projection mapped as well. So again, it's horses for courses. So that's why we have quite a, a robust briefing session. And you're quite right. Sometimes clients are not sure yet what they want because they're not sure of the different different roles that the animation can play. And that's up to us really to say, have you considered this or will you be using it in that? But even as a standalone, say, 60-second animation, it can be a way to get everybody in the business to, in a snap, be able to convey what the, the company does, for example, because how often do we hear people working in the same company but describing it in different ways? Whereas if you do that as part of your induction every time somebody comes in or as part of your monthly meeting, then it, that whole sort of way to explain it becomes quite uniform. And that's quite important in marketing, I think. If everyone describes what the company does in the same way, I think it that message becomes, the more repetition and uh, uniformity, the more sort of it builds trust, doesn't it? Yeah, I completely agree with you. It's, it's funny, one of the first marketing assets that I created at Content 10X was, not me personally, but my team created was a animation. And I really straight off on my list of things to do in terms of our marketing, in terms of position our, in ourselves in the marketplace, explaining to people what we do and helping other people to explain what we do. It was to create a an animation. And it took a, a long time for us to do that because 
what a member of my creative team he's very skilled in creating animations but he was doing it as a kind of side of desk job client work first and then when you've got some downtime from any client work here's the brief create this content 10x explain a video and it was a good kind of six months in the making I think because it was just every frame took so long to do and so it was so complicated but it was really good because we were really proud when we launched it and I really felt it explained what we did well and it was on our homepage and on you know like YouTube and Facebook and pinned on Twitter and all the kind of places that I just always thought to myself if there's one thing that people do if they could just watch a short engaging animation that just explains what we do then that would be great and I think it was a really good move and and we had it for years and then in the last year or so we did an updated one because it we rebranded and things like that and it had all our old branding all over it so we had to rebrand but yeah they're they're so powerful aren't they and it's really interesting what you said about just how important it is that you work in the early stages with knowing exactly what they're going to be used for because it makes such a difference in terms of how you create because I always say that repurposing and maximizing content can't start at the point at which you've created something and then you stand there and you scratch your head and you look at it and you think what should we do with it now you have to have planned that in advance don't you and um, it sounds like you're creating for so much different types of media when you were saying about tv screens and cinema screens and multi-screen as well as I'm sure the small screen so is it almost does it present almost a different project when you're Um, thinking about the very small screen, the mobile phone screen and these animations going on to TikTok or Instagram. And then also thinking about something like a cinema screen or multi-screen experience. Is is there a crossover there or is that quite different? But the multi-screens, you have to be different because every screen is doing something else. So you wouldn't be able to take a a normal animation and put it onto multi-screens unless you just want a repetition of the same thing. But a standard corporate explainer can be used in lots of different ways. It can, in its full entirety, be used in social media. You can add it to your email signature, for example. You can That's an easy thing to do. And you've got your, there's your billboard, if you like, for every time you send out an email. But it does depend. Every platform is slightly different. For example, we do quite a lot of work in AR and more and more so in VR. And again, that's quite different again. But it's why you're using it. What's the purpose for it? So AI, AR might be to make something come out of you, or now you can actually go into the screen with AR, which is really like a doll's house effect. Again, you've got to understand, we, we try and encourage clients to not do it just for a gimmicky purpose, but just it's got to have some kind of logical use or a purpose to to make it worthwhile it's got to, it's got to add value you also have to ask so what you know so it's got to have a so what and the same with vr is amazing and it, it's a an all enveloping experience but if you're going to be doing it for your business you've got to again say who's going to be using it how you're going to be using it, etc for example now, now that headsets are becoming more and more uh, affordable. If you've got, for example, either you can't go to an expo because of COVID, for example, or you've got you can't do an event, you could actually send a headset to each of your VIP clients, handful of those clients, and have a whole experience. And also nowadays with VR, you could have um, a virtual expo stand, you could have a virtual demonstration or various demo rooms, and have avatars of your uh, team coming on board, showcasing what it is that you're doing, and then you could have a sales team there as well, and actually do the sale online in virtual environments. So it's becoming very versatile. The same for education is amazing. I wish I was a kid nowadays. I mean, you could learn stuff in such a great way. And it allows for different types of neuro learning because 
thank God we're all becoming a lot more aware of the neurodiversity. Not everybody learns in the same way. Apparently, the majority of us are visual learners, but not everybody, for example. It's great to be able to have technology help with that, to make sure that you're touching every kind of learner and, and the way people like to absorb stuff. We're also tethered to our phones and to our computers and tablets and stuff. I'm, I'm sure that's you get the majority of people using visual. And audio is really important as well. So most of the work that we do has got audio, whether it's voiceovers or, or music, and that adds to the whole the flavor of the message and, and the narrative, etc. And we've done voiceovers in so many languages. Um, and another thing is if you are thinking of doing anything international with various different languages, again, this is something that we cover in the brief because when you've got, uh, say, a text, because we, we help to write the script, clients give us the bullet points and we create uh, the script because we're, we're very good at condensing information at one minute and animation you, you've got about 90 to 100 words to play with which is very little but we're very good at condensing that and then adding everything else around on the animation and um, sound effects and what have you uh, but if you're doing it in various languages for example if you're you're working in Japanese or Russian or even um, German then you have to the the English version if you're using the same animation needs to be a lot shorter because the minute you start translating it becomes longer and longer and so the voiceover has to the talk a lot faster <laughs> yeah. or, or you've got to have gaps in the sort of the the, the actual narrative to, to allow but these are all things that we advise our clients first have that initial brief Hey, just a little break from this week's episode to let you know about becoming a content 10x insider. If you want more content repurposing tips and advice, then why not join hundreds of business owners, marketers, and content creators who get them delivered straight to their inbox once a week by subscribing to the content 10x newsletter. As well as tips and advice, you get industry updates, inspiring stories, exclusive content offers, and more. You can subscribe at content10x.com forward slash newsletter, and there's a link in the show notes too. Okay, back to this week's episode. I guess that's um, such a good point that you mentioned about having different languages because that's a real like bonus of the versatility of animation, isn't it? Yeah, that you yeah. can do that. It's very, it sets itself apart from having actors and having a different type of video where you would need to dub in or have some other workaround that doesn't work the same as just having a great animation that can have a voiceover in. Mm-hmm. And like you said, any language to a point, but I'd never thought about that, that it may like take a, a very different amount of time to convey that script in Japanese than English or Spanish or something like that. So... That's really interesting. We had a, um, a project in Hong Kong, actually, that they translate. They wanted translation to Japanese. And uh, we had to really, and, and that was at the last minute, we we only told later. So it was a bit of a nightmare because we had to stretch the, the content to make it work. And then the, the voiceover artist had to speak fast, but without being you know too fast, because fast because people, it's going to be too much. So we had to sort of magic something out of it. it. It was fine and the client loved it and it worked really well, but... That was a bit of a headache. Bit of a bit of a tricky one. <laughs> Is there a, a standout example that you can think of? A, a business that you've worked with that had just a really good example of investing in a wonderful animation and then really maximizing it in lots of different ways. You've already touched on loads of different ways already, including small things like email signature through to kind of bigger things. But is there a good example that you can think of just a specific client and and what they did to really maximize the 
animation. A lovely client of ours called uh, Millwood, Millwood Fire Services. They are fire prevention company and they're a, a family-led company. So they has been in the, in the family for, for years. So what different what we discovered differentiated them from the competition is that apart, they, they didn't do the whole sort of shock tactic of you have to have this fire safety or you'll burn down kind of thing that whole that their message is very much prevention and care and all that kind of stuff and the fact they're family owned and we through the whole sort of briefing process we created an animation we've actually done quite a few of them but the first animation with them was this whole umbrella piece about family-run business and it's all about safety and nurture and, and taking care of your business or your family or what have you and we obviously created the animation created the characters and the characters were although we'd met one person in the business we hadn't met the others but apparently when we created the characters they were very similar to the, to the family members which is so it wasn't we weren't aiming to go for that but it just worked out that way and then we repurposed a lot of the that con or the assets themselves to populate along the website and along their other collateral etc and that we did quite a bit of work with them with regards to sort of branding and and marketing uh, material for them around what we created and on the website etc and they very kindly i think about six six months later uh, they attributed their best ever quarter to the fact that they had this incredible sonar and look and feel and the whole tone of voice of the company. They're a very caring company. They nurture young people into the business. They, it's a whole ethos was very strong. And they've gone from strength to strength. We've done a number of animations with them and they repurpose them really well. They use them on social media. They use them on various postings and on their sort of different platforms and stuff. And they use it also for uh, induction for their uh, apprentices and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that worked really well. And it was really lovely that their, their message really stood out in, in, in their industry because it was one, you know, the, the tone was about prevention and, and care rather than shock and, and, and fear and all that kind of stuff. So that, that was really cool. Yeah, that sounds like a really interesting project to work on and, and really rewarding as well. And yes. it must have been great that it was such a worthwhile cause and that you then witnessed them do so much with the outputs that you created as well. So that's awesome. Yeah, when they told me in confidence that the turnover, I was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. That's brilliant. <laughs> so they did really it? well, yeah. Yeah, I know. That just makes it so, you know, much more rewarding for the work that you and your team do as well, isn't it? So that's awesome. <laughs> um, for anyone who's been listening along and, and really enjoying hearing all about the power of animations and how it can work for businesses, what would you give us kind of one um, final just piece of advice for getting started if you've never dipped your toe in, apart from obviously getting a copy of your book and reading your book, which of course everyone should do. But what, yeah, like one kind of, okay, you, you, you're inspired and you're thinking you, that you're going to take a, a step into the world of animation for content for your business. What would be a great just starter tip to get start get going with that I, I think it would be think about who's your target audience or your target audiences because often there's more than one what are their pain points what what are you fixing in those pain points and what do you want to illustrate of those fixing those pain points in the animation and what is the call to action so the call to action could be it could be just brand awareness it could be fill in this form or follow us on x or we all sorts of things that phone us up or go to a website whatever the case is because those help us to understand what the content might be when we understand who we're talking to. And also we often find that depending on whether 
stages of the, the business is in. They may not have, for example, brand guidelines. And we often ask for those. If they don't have them, we, we, happy, we can create them for them uh, as a service. And I think it's really important to have that because I do think that a brand is such an important investment, but it's also a, a costly one. And so it's really important that you nurture that and you sort of make sure that you take care of it and that it's, it stays uniform at whatever in whatever format that you advertise yourself. So I'd say start with your target audience. Um, and, and, and think about what do you want them to do once they've seen this animation. That's really important. And, and it can be a, a whole number of things because it, depending where you're showing it as well. It could be, it could be in a booth at, at, at an expo. It could be, again, we can repurpose things because you can top and tail things in different ways. We can add things if your company changes or people change or service changes. An animation can be re, re-edited and, and recreated in segments as opposed to if, you're, if you've got a video, then you've got to uh, get the same environment, the same talent, the same light, the same circumstances as you had the first time you filmed. But with animation, you can add on all sorts of things. A lot of the car uh, manufacturers do, they might do a wonderful shoot in Italy with all these windy roads and stuff and then realise that they change the bumper of the car. Well, they're not going to do the shoot again because that costs far too much money. So they get people like us to go and change the bu- bumper on a CGI version and of that part of the film. And so... If we could do that to film, we could certainly do that to animation first star down the line. Yeah, it's, it's another point of the versatility, isn't it? We were talking about the multi-language aspects and things like that. But of course, going back and editing things and things like that, it's just a, yeah, another really beneficial aspect to the longevity of the content you've created and the investment that you've made because there's just mm. you, can, you can just keep on working with it can't you mm. um this has been a, a really fascinating conversation actually and, and really interesting and i think it will have really inspired and opened up a lot of people's eyes towards the the world of animation and as you said at the start like b2b animation as well it's a whole different ball game and you guys are really leading the way with that thank you so much for coming on to the podcast really appreciate it it's been a fantastic conversation where would you like people to go we've mentioned your book and and i'll make sure that we put links to um to go and grab a copy and amazon within our show notes but um is there anywhere that you would like people to particularly go or connect with you um after listening to this show Yes, certainly. They can obviously go on our website, which is salamandra.uk, or they can follow us on LinkedIn or on Twitter, Instagram. They can uh, link up with me on LinkedIn, Christine Mackay. Yeah, it'd be lovely to to hear from your listeners. And yeah, I've really enjoyed this too. Thank you for uh, inviting me on your show, Amy. It's great. No, it's been fantastic. And to to everybody who's just listening now on the audio version of the the show i really recommend jump over to our youtube channel and have a look at the video version so you can see the uh the awesome animated background that christine has had throughout the uh call as well because that's been fab so yeah thanks so much i really appreciate your time awesome conversation and yeah we'll put the link so everyone can connect with you after the show so thank you brilliant thanks amy take care bye Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that discussion and thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoy the content 10x podcast, then why not hit that subscribe button on your podcast listening app of choice so that you can get updated when new episodes are released. And I'd really, really appreciate it if you could leave a review as well. That really makes a difference for the podcast. Also, please do get a copy of my book, Content 10x, more content, less time, maximum results. It is the ultimate 
ultimate guide to repurposing every type of content. And it's available on Amazon, in Kindle and paperback, and also in audiobook as well. And you can head to content10x.com forward slash book to find all the other places that you can get a copy of my book. And if you would like us to do your content repurposing for you, then we offer a fully end-to-end done-for-you content repurposing service. This is for podcasters and video content creators. We have our podcast 10x, video 10x, and also our specific LinkedIn 10x service, helping you to become the leading authority in your industry on LinkedIn. You can find out so much more about our services on our website. And also, please do give me a follow on the social media platforms. I share lots and lots of tips and advice on social media about content repurposing. I'm at Content 10X on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And if you try content10x.com forward slash LinkedIn, you'll find my LinkedIn profile over there as well. All that's left to say is thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and I'll catch you in the next one.